0: Welcome to The Sprig Podcast, your source for the most relevant topics in pediatric dentistry. I'm your host, Dr. Jared Johnson. Many platforms exist, and it is safe to say that the industry is making vast improvements to their platforms based on the new demand. Today, to discuss the current issues of teledentistry and the potential future uses when offices can return to normal is Dr. Vilas, owner of teledentistry. Welcome on the show today.
1: Thank you so much, Jared. It's a real pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, I think you were kind of ahead of the game. It sounds like when we had talked before a little bit about your company and the needs and looking at your website, you've really made teledentistry something that is great for uh, insurance companies as well as hospitals and reducing, you know, potentially opioids and, and how many people end up in the emergency room for care. And you've really taken it to heart at your practice and done a good job of trying to develop tools to um, allow dentists to to practice dentistry this way. And it might be new for a lot of us, but what are some of the benefits that you see uh, that can help a person that's in private practice uh, right now and then moving forward?
1: Certainly, yeah. And uh, thank you for that uh, that intro there. It's really helpful to kind of bring uh, some perspective to uh, kind of what we do. Uh, we've been you know practicing teledentistry now for well over you know four or five years. And uh, that experience uh, has kind of brought us to a point where we're able to uh, deliver these solutions in a way that makes sense from a dental practice perspective. And uh, indeed, we've been using them for over two years in our own private practices. I own my own DSO here in Las Vegas, and uh, we've been uh, putting it together. Uh, with the teledentry platform that we ourselves developed and then have created workflows that make the practice more efficient. So really, this isn't a pre-COVID world, you know, uh, where we had already deployed these technologies and uh, we're, 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 we're basically making use of it. Now, of course, with the uh, advent of the COVID and this uh, crisis that we're all going through, um, we've deployed these solutions for hundreds of practices around the country right now. And uh, I will say that the uh, for anybody to learn technology, it's a bit of a challenge sometimes. Uh, now you're asking you know, your staff, your doctor, and the patient to learn these technologies. And it's not impossible. Uh, there is a bit of a learning curve. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is here to stay. And so we have to quickly realize kind of where we are in this moment in history and uh, the, the change that is going to be demanded of us, not only from our patients, but also from just reality that this COVID disease is not going away. And it's mutating as we speak, you know, from, from humans to cats are now being uh, uh, infected. That's what I'm reading on the news. And so uh, it's going to be something that we're going to have to uh, use uh, telehealth and teledentistry in a way to help mitigate uh, some of the, uh, procedures that we do in our dental offices. Um, that's, that's been like the, the whole, you know, the focus of our efforts, uh, since the COVID, uh, shutdown has taken place. And, uh, we're helping patients and their doctors in their dental practices by being able to perform teledentry procedures using the teledentry.com platform. So there you go.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, when you look at this virus and what it's done, you know, you look at the impact it has number one on humans and human life and emotions. And then number two on the economy and, you know, small business owners. I think if we look at something as an opportunity or a, a bright spot is now that insurances are looking more to reimburse for these codes for dentists where they weren't in the past. So moving forward, I think it's going to, especially for, I see about seventy seventy 70% Medicaid at my office and, and moving forward with some of these underserved kids, it's going to be huge for providing access to care. because it's by using it at my, now here at my office during this downtime, I've been able to keep someone from coming in that didn't need to come in. I can get reimbursed for that now, and I can free that spot up for another kid and also reduce the exposure of that one person that could be coming into an office and and potentially pick up germs from someone else. One thing that really kind of, I was uncomfortable, I have to say. I, you know, it's not something that I envision myself getting on my phone and doing a FaceTime with one of my patients. It's, you know, you have dentists that are introverts and dentists that are extroverts. And how have you seen it across the board as uh, dentists have been coming on? So, I mean, I was uncomfortable. I got out of my comfort zone and now it's like, yeah, it's like the first time you do it, maybe it's a little bit awkward, but moving forward, then you kind of get the hang of it and it just becomes like riding a bike.
1: That's very true. And I think that's more to the point in terms of getting used to it. You know, um, I'll tell you the first couple of consults I did uh, using the the teledentistry.com platform. I was literally just uh, not prepared for the instantaneousness of it, if you would, and uh, <laughs> you know you're you're right there with the patient almost right away. Uh, but uh, I think that's the on-demand world, and uh, I think that's where um, our pl- we we learned very quickly from that that it's uh, it's important that you schedule these sessions in a way. That in, in private practice, you can just like you would schedule your regular in person visits, you also need to schedule these virtual consults. And uh, people should show up to their virtual consults. And hey, guess what? People know show their, their virtual in person visits as well as their, their virtual consults, too. So, uh, but, but overall, um, when you do the, the total sum of what it costs you as a private practitioner to have an in-person consultation let's look at it from that point of view because you know we're all private practitioners and this has to make sense you know from a from a from a dental practice perspective and you first and foremost typically like traditional let's say pre-covid right you front desk person will take the phone call will schedule the patient after taking down all their information and then they will Put the patient in the schedule and then you show up to the office you have your booked your dental assistants and and everybody else and then the patient no-shows you know it's a total loss for the practice and it's extraordinarily irritating um uh, now if you were to flip that and say let's schedule a virtual consultation right now it's just you and the patient there's no overhead essentially you know barring the marginal cost of the platform itself comparatively and then if the patient no-shows, it's like, okay, no problem. Or if they do show up, even better, now you can bill to the insurance and then get reimbursement for that virtual consultation. So your profit margins actually go quite high by being able to provide this service. And uh, we've made that a possibility using our platform. And uh, we have that scheduling technique and we teach that to the dentist to sign up with us. And then, you know, uh, it's it's a, it's, a, it's not as simple as simply having a um, uh, a video conferencing solution. You know, it's like how you implement it and how you use it. And uh, that experience really comes through uh, when you're working with uh, a team of dentists, quite literally, you know,
0: so. You know, it was one of my issues with some of the other platforms is that you, it's just going to ring when, when you're on. And, you know, it's difficult to be able to be available. And especially when we go back to uh, routine dental care, it's going to be a little more difficult to, you know, not have these scheduled. What do you say to maybe someone who's a skeptic and say, oh, you can't do dentistry over video conferencing? What are kind of some of the services that you're seeing um, your dentist render over telehealth?
1: Certainly. Yeah. And so it, whoever says oh, you cannot do dentistry over uh, the smartphone is right. We cannot do we cannot pull teeth through the smartphone. You know, I have heard some of these arguments before, but that's not the point. What you can do is make your practice much more efficient. What you can do is help mitigate a patient's pain by prescribing, by e-prescribing medications such as antibiotics and painkillers. No opioids, of course. Okay. And by doing that, you're establishing your patient doctor or uh, your patient doctor relationship. You're strengthening it too. Don't forget. And so when that patient does come into your practice, you know, already kind of what's going on, you know, okay, it was this lower left tooth, you know, here's what's going on. Let's have a look at it. And then, you know, you're, you're, you're that much better prepared to encounter, fear your encounter with the patient. Now, um, what do we see patient, what do we see dentists commonly using this for? Three things, initial triage. As soon as a patient calls the office, typically, you would not be able to uh, generate any kind of revenues until the patient was sitting in your practice. Now, right there on that very first phone call, you can actually build to the insurance for that initial encounter with the new patient, figure out what's going on to some extent. I'm not saying, you know, you can do a complete examination, but you can do a limited over the video conference. And then you can uh, uh, prescribe medications, of course, as necessary, and then schedule accordingly. You know, how, how, how helpful is, and this is exactly how we've done it in our practices, how incredibly helpful is it to know in advance what your patient, or even a semblance of what they need prior to them coming in as an emergency? You know, uh, For example, if it's like a horizontally impacted wisdom tooth, and you for sure don't, don't do those, those types of appointments, you can direct the patient directly to the oral surgeon instead of have, having them come into your practice only for, them, for, for you to then refer them to the oral surgeon anyways, you know. Um, or, you know, any number of such procedures that you don't do in your practice. Um, on the other hand, if you do provide the procedure uh, and you can do it, then you know that you can welcome them in and you can schedule them more effectively. So that's initial triage. Next is post-ops. You know, I don't know about you, Jared, but uh, in our practices, we have like a whole long line of uh, post-op appointments and, you know, easily 50 to 60% of them don't show up, you know, and we have to accommodate for chair time, assistance, cleaning the operatory now, which is going to become even more of a problem with the COVID situation. And then, and then the patient doesn't show, or if they do show, then you have to go and go and see them in person, right? Um, Granted, some of these post-op appointments you do want to see in person and you schedule them accordingly. But for the vast majority that don't require an in-person visit, a virtual consultation does the trick, you know, and this frees up additional staff time and your chair time in your own practice. Uh, So we went over initial triage, post-op appointments, and then, of course, emergency appointments and after hours. So uh, we're going to categorize emergency and after hours in the same kind of a thing. The only difference is, is just a timing uh, between uh, when those appointments come in. So the patient calls and says, I have an emergency. I need to be a dentist right now. And you're slammed, right? And you cannot accommodate them in the schedule. What you can do is capture their information and then perform a tele-dentistry consult and then do the, uh, the, 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 the antibiotic and painkiller as necessary and then schedule them when it's a convenient time for you and for the patient. Uh, same thing goes for the after hours, you know. And uh, that's uh, that that that's the same as essential service as an emergency patient. So these are the ways in which we use it in a general dentistry practice. You can apply this also in a pediatric dental practice. Obviously, orthodontics has a, a vast uh, uh, track record in terms of what you can use it for in terms of uh, orthodontic uh, uh, retainer checks and things of that nature. And so uh, I think uh, as we go forward here, we're going to find more and more use cases where people start to really kind of put on their thinking caps and say, okay, this is how we're going to uh, address this particular issue in dentistry by using teledentistry and then uh, kind of going from there. You know?
0: Yeah. I want to piggyback on the, with the triaging, another use for pediatrics is I, you know, I'm in a rural community and we have referrals that come from two hours away and a lot of them want to come and get treatment done on the same day. And it's like, well, I don't even know your kid. I don't know their needs. And being able to kind of triage the case, if you can see it's an obvious, you know, GA case, um, then that may be something where you could kind of facilitate that direction a little bit sooner rather than waiting. I mean, that's A pretty, I think, for for a lot of people, it's, you know, it's something that you could potentially foresee doing an interview and getting their health over the the telehealth consult and determining um, what their needs are. Another thing is the post-ops with the uh, sedation appointments. A lot of times they're really quick visits and they don't really have problems and you might be able to do the photos and the video consult before and then determine if they do need to come in to, you know, have something looked at, if something's not healing right, or it just doesn't look like it's in the right spot. So um, those are you know, definitely instant uses. We're gonna get more into some other uses here as we go through the conversation for um, pediatric dentistry. But those are just some ones I wanted to highlight for the listeners. How are you guys managing um, billing and have you seen most insurance companies now uh, jump on board? Uh,
1: so what we're seeing is now basically that uh, we have uh, the ADA has provided guidance on a almost a weekly basis now as to what insurance companies are paying for these procedures. And um, so if you just go to teledentistry.com forward slash ADA, uh, we keep that updated all the time, you know, and uh, we, what we're finding is uh, insurance company after insurance companies following the ADA's guidance and uh, allowing for tele, tel- teledentry services to be uh, billable, And then, of course, you can get reimbursed for them. So they're providing excellent guidance on that, I got to say. So,
0: Moving forward into, you know, there's lots of different platforms and they're all a little bit different. They all have their nuances. But what do you see as the ideal platform for delivering teledentistry? What are some of the features that it should have?
1: Absolutely. Uh, it's got to have a smartphone app. Uh, If you just don't have um, a smartphone app, and I I say that specifically as an app and not a browser-based functionality, uh, because the app brings functionalities to a smartphone that you just almost cannot mimic in uh, a browser, you know, and so a lot of the platforms out there right now have browser-based functionality. There's a reason why they stay away from apps is because they're so hard to do, you know, and do well. Um, So uh, that's something that you definitely must look for. The app also has to integrate with a practice dashboard that in turn integrates with your practice management software system. So uh, we integrate uh, or are integrating with uh, multiple practice management software systems. So that's another big deal because, you know, Honestly, you're going to do this consult and then now you got to sit there and double entry everything. It's a huge pain, you know, and, um, you know, we already are inundated with um, as dentists and, you know, we have to keep so much track of everything in terms of notes and images and recordings now because uh, the, now that the, the, the video recordings are a piece of this. I mean, there's just so much of data that you got to hold on to in the event of, uh, uh, you know, an audit or, or a lawsuit or something like that. You want to be able to hold on to this stuff and uh, those kinds of things are important to keep them imo- keep in mind when you are uh, utilizing or selecting a vendor for your teledentery system those are like the simplest things after that it gets even more uh, in detail like do you have an e-prescription capability within the app you know um, you have to have See, so the ada has provided guidance wherein if you're going to do a teledentery consult It's the same standard of care that you must be able to provide as though you were in person. So if you're going to do a limited evaluation in person and you're going to prescribe medication to that individual, then you got to have that capability when you're doing a virtual as well. So if you don't have an e-prescription capability, you're pretty much out. You know, you're, you're in violation of ADA guidelines, you know? Um, Next uh, you have to have some, like uh, to your point about the, the, the GA sedation case of a child who's coming in from, you know, somewhere far away, sometimes those procedures are not covered by Medicaid, you know, and the parents may have to come out of pocket. They may require financing. Um, so if you don't have a financing mechanism all within the app and it's integrated, you know, uh, then you are probably going to be, you know, having, okay, let's say now this pa- you, you, you're not going to be able to properly service this patient when they come into your practice. Let's say now you have a patient who's coming in from two hours away, right? They come all the way over from two hours away. And then guess what? They, um, they don't qualify for financing. Now what they're going to drive back two hours and it's so annoying, you know, and, uh, this happened in our practice all the time until we instituted this method where we could kind of check their do like a soft pull on their credit prior to them coming in so that I would be like, Hey John, how you doing? Uh, let's go ahead and have a look at your tooth. You know, this is all virtual, by the way, this conversation, and he says, okay, I've got to crack tooth, tooth number 19, whatever it is. And I say, okay, it's got to be extracted. And we're going to do an implant or a bridge. Next question, automatically, every single time, how much is that going to cost me? Does my insurance cover it? Okay. At that point, you say, well, it's probably going to, you can give them a ballpark number, right? You can say like, it's going to cost you like whatever, $3,500, $5,000, whatever the case may be. And then you tell them that. And they say, well, I can't afford that. It's usually the next knee jerk reaction. You say, wait, wait. Let's see if we can qualify you for financing. And then there's like this moment of breath, right? And say, like, okay, let's see if we can get this done. And if you don't have that capability within your app, then uh, you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage when being able to triage these cases from a financial standpoint, and then having the patient come in. Now, you as the dentist know this person's coming in. They, you know, what kind of service they need. Let it be. Let it be whatever it is, right? And then you also know, okay, what kind of financing options do they have available that I can provide and do they qualify for, you know? So it's a, it's a very comprehensive way of looking at a patient, not only from a, from a medical dental perspective, but also from a financial perspective. And then you schedule them and uh, you keep them in the practice when they absolutely need to be.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that's what I was getting to is like, that's the biggest frustration a lot of parents have with us um, with the GA cases like they does my child really need to come down and see this and when you can, you know, talk to could potentially talk to them about the urgency. Yes, let's get you in and get the x rays and get a plan together. Um, And then you can have that conversation about costs. It's, that's really kind of the the time that they're driving and also the money are kind of the two biggest barriers that we see to someone come down for an initial visit um, when they're coming from a far, farther point away and, you know, just being able to discuss them with the options. Cause sometimes there are some other options. Maybe the other dentist thinks the kid needs to be put to sleep and maybe we have some other more conservative techniques that we can use where they don't have to be. Um, if things aren't as as severe as they think, so that may be. We have people that call and say they want sedation all the time, and they end up coming to our office, and that's not what they get. And the parents are very, very happy with it. So, um, one of the other things that I like about your app is you have a, a virtual waiting room. Uh, is that correct?
1: That's right. Yes, absolutely correct. So, uh, that is your virtual waiting room is the exact same waiting room you would have in your, in your lobby, for example, you know, in your front desk. Um, it's just manned by your front desk person on their desktop, you know? So, um, so, the, so the, keep in mind the patient and the doctor are on their apps, right? And they're, they're interacting on their smartphones. But the practice administrator, okay, is, is essentially the guardian making sure that the doctor and the patient are interacting in a video conference in a smooth fashion, you know? Mm -hmm. So if she says, okay, you know, hey, we've got John Doe number one at, you know, 9 30 AM, let me connect you through to Dr. Johnson. Right. Then, uh, that's what she'll do. And then once uh, John Doe number one is finished, she'll say, okay, John Doe number two, come on in, you know? And so this is the way in which we, we, we kind of like schedule the patients and, they may uh, it, and they'll they'll all just be there in the virtual waiting room until they're called in to see the dentist. You know, and uh, that's how we've, we've replicated almost every single aspect of the dental practice and just jacked it into the cloud and then turned it into a smartphone capable system. So it's it's uh, it is complex, uh, but each face of it on its own is quite simple. If you wanted to learn the whole thing front, front and back, then yeah, you'll be spending some time learning it. And some folks do want to go through that. And I respect that. Uh, other folks just want to learn their piece of it and keep it simple. And then they say, okay, the doctor's going to learn the doctor part. I'm going to, uh, the practice administrator is going to learn the practice administrator part. And the patient's part is the easiest. All they got to do is fill out a an e- uh, medical and dental history. And then they um, click and then join the consultation, you know? So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been kept to be simple for the individual participants.
0: That's nice to hear. I think another question some people might have is, you know, what are the capabilities for after hours? I understand you have it set up. So there's, um, not right now, but when things get slowed down a little bit for, um, your teledentists that are already contracted with insurance that are taking numerous calls uh, around the nation and, and keeping patients, um, happy and healthy and out of the emergency room, but you can have, I understand you can have after hours set up to be, uh, through the virtual console at your office, or you can also use uh, a dentist that you've contracted with in their state to also see them uh, for a fee, correct?
1: That's correct, yes. And so uh, we, we we had that uh, service uh, up and running, and uh, we still provided to some of our clients who, who were uh, subscribing to our service prior to COVID. Um, uh, that being said, when COVID hit, uh, we were asked to provide uh, emergency room diversion to over 17 million patients uh, nationwide and so uh, needless to say our phones have been blowing off the hooks constantly you know what I mean uh, but uh, once we get back to post COVID yes the answer is we do provide an after hours uh, uh, dentist to actually look after your calls as they come in and uh, we just charge a nominal fee per per, de- per call that goes to the dentist you know uh, uh, and so, uh, that's, uh, that's an additional service that some folks uh, opt to have. And, um, uh, that's because they want to make sure that they don't lose those patients who are calling after hours, perhaps on a, uh, your marketing is working 24 hours, right? So when somebody calls, when they call, when they want to call, right? Now, if you don't capture that patient when they do and provide some kind of service, Uh, you're probably, they're probably going to call somebody else and who will provide that service. And that's kind of the way in which we envisioned it is how do we make sure that, you know, we don't lose, we don't have any leaks, uh, when it comes to, uh, capturing new patients as they're walking into our practices, whether it's virtually or otherwise, you know?
0: It's interesting that you pointed that out because I'm actually working on a a lecture for social media marketing and I was looking at my Google analytics on when people are on my website and most of my, half the people are on my website from six to 8 PM when we're closed. And that's that's when they're looking at analytics, believe me. (laughs) I mean, that's when they, they're having time. They're done with work. They're able to browse and look if they have a problem with a tooth or something. That's the time they're looking. And unfortunately that's the time where I'm going home and I'm, doing the same thing with my family. So uh, just another uh, potential use. I wanted to talk more moving forward. um, Some of the things that I've seen, common problems with pediatric dentistry um, that I've seen that usually people come in for because we're not quite sure, but it's usually something that probably didn't need to come in. Um, a lot of parents have concerns about um, ectopic eruption or they call shark teeth. That's something that mm-hmm. you could probably get through over a video consult by walking them through and seeing if, if the tooth is loose or not. Uh, and, you know, deciding if they need to come in for an x-ray to see if you need help getting the tooth out. Someone loses a space maintainer. I get a lot of calls for that on my emergency line and and that's not really a a true emergency that could be something where you can reassure them and and tell them how to troubleshoot the problem if it's a lower lingual holding arch and only one side's off try to help guide them through putting the one side on until you can get them in to see them and and just other things like um, saving it you know and bring it to bring the band and loop to the appointment so you don't have to get another one made Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. we had recent ones this week exfoliating baby teeth people are calling and they're having discomfort with the tooth coming out. And, you know, we're just able to walk them through, okay, just, this is what you need to do. This is how you can help your kid get the tooth out. Um, lost crowns or, um, are pretty common when kids are eating uh, really tricky, sticky stuff. Uh, something else that we have that come in that, you know, it's usually like a canker sore or an aptus ulcer or, you know, a herpetic infection. That could be something that could be easily diagnosed and then uh, discuss uh, pain medication for the, for the child situation, uh, teething and erupting teeth, uh, very, very common complaints that we, you know, we aren't sure they're having pain in an area, but we're not sure if it's a tooth coming in based on their last x-ray or if there's something else wrong with, with that area. So those are just some valuable things that we could do to reduce um, that person coming in. And if you can do that over telehealth in about three to four minutes and save you know, the material time and the setup of the, the staff and um, free that chair time up for something that that's actually going to be more productive, like a cleaning exam, x-rays and fluoride, or even treatment, that could be very, very valuable to increase your production twofold. One, for the chair spot you just freed up and two, for the money you just got for your virtual consult. So just things to think about moving forward. I understand that you have made it so there's you're kind of working with dentists right now offering them some benefit to have a, a free trial with uh teledentistry um up until when when does that uh, free trial good for?
1: absolutely yeah and so as a public service you know we kind of felt like you know i i don't know when else on this earth we'll be able to help in this kind of a situation and so we kind of made an executive decision just to do it and offer our entire platform the smartphone apps the clinic dashboard everything for free until June 30th of this year. And uh, the reason why we're doing that is because we pray that, you know, you know, that this whole COVID mess will be gone by then. I honestly don't even know uh, if that's going to be the case, but we figured, you know, for the next couple of months, if we can give it to people for free just to kind of, because we understand this is not an easy situation. A lot of us have had to lay off our staff, You know, we're trying to get it back on our feet. And now we have to learn this new technology. And there's just so many things going on, you know. And uh, that's why we made that decision to offer it for free. Just go to teledentistry.com. Just go to Get Set Up ASAP. And you can single practice or how many other practices you have. The pricing is all there after the the free trial is done. And you can see that. And uh, if you want demos or anything, it's all on that page as well. Uh, If you just go to our website, teledentistry.com and click on dental practice resources, there's also a tutorials page. You can see all of our product demos. Uh, You know, you can see all kinds of stuff there. So um, uh, yeah, that's how I would guide people as a first step to kind of checking out our our platform and how we can help you and uh, and how you can help yourself quite literally, you know, because um, if you already have the smartphone, uh, you don't need any extra equipment. Your patients have smartphones. You know, I'm sure you have a computer at home. And uh, now you can actually help people and get paid for that service and uh, do so in a HIPAA compliant uh, way. And, uh, you know, we are talking about ideal platforms uh, earlier. Um, you know, certainly you want to make sure it's HIPAA compliant because while HIPAA has been lifted for right now and you literally whatever you want, uh, I think you and I both know as soon as that hammer drops again, uh, HIPAA is going to be coming with uh, guns blazing at the dentist uh, and anybody else, uh, you know, as much as they can. So it's best to get used to a HIPAA compliant platform right now, and uh, and that's the that's the, the the finishing advice I'd give anybody you know who's trying to get into tele dentistry.
0: Well, I think the most positive thing about this is this is going to help us. get reimbursed from insurance and moving forward I don't know you know I don't want to paint fear in anyone's but there's talk that there could the CDC guy said there could be a second wave coming through and if you get this implemented now you know whatever platform you do decide on I you know I've tried a bunch and you know you got to go with something you feel comfortable with but um, if you get this set up now then your your staff and everyone's already prepared to if we have to go through I don't I hope we don't have to. I hope they can figure out a vaccine or some sort uh, shortly. Um, But if you have to go through this again, you're already set up. And then I also see huge benefits. Um, I've been wanting to, you know, kind of do some of this stuff before, but I didn't want to do it because I wasn't going to get reimbursed for it. And Mm, I was afraid people weren't going to pay for it. But now we have insurance companies on board saying that they will pay for this. And I think, you know, that's a huge, huge benefit. What if someone looks at the website um, and they have some more questions for you. H- how would you want them directed?
1: Certainly. Yeah, they can always reach, me, reach out to me. Uh, my cell phone number is 702 332 2337. All that, you know, so you can just call me directly or text me or whatnot. Uh, you can also go to the Contact Us form on the website itself, uh, that comes to a whole bunch of our team members, we'll get back to you and uh, yeah, you know, so uh, I'm open to c- talking to anybody, you know, so I mean, if it's a dentist and they're having questions, I mean, this is a weird time in our lives and uh, I feel blessed to be able to help and so that's my uh, that's my mission. It's been my mission for years now to use this technology to help advance dentistry. And, um, you know, if, so, if Dennis wants information on how to do so, then it's my pleasure to be of help. You know? So.
0: Well, thanks again for joining us. I think you've offered a lot of valuable information for our listeners today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Jared.
0: Thank you for listening to the Sprig Podcast.
1: If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share on social media. If you have any questions or if you have a topic you would like to hear covered in a future episode, please email podcast at sprigusa.com.